We do love the hymns of John Newton. And we are going to turn in God's word today, if you would please, to Galatians chapter 5, continuing with our meditation on the fruit of the Spirit. And I was thinking about that hymn, God is so long-suffering with us, even when, as Newton said, in evil long I took delight. Thank God for his long-suffering. Let us hear God's word as we see it here in Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory, provoking one another, envying one another. Amen. We end our reading at the close of the chapter, and we trust that the Lord will bless to us his holy word. Let us pray. O oh Lord, we confess our absolute need of thee. We need thee, Holy Spirit to come and to energize not only the preacher, my heart, my mind, my voice, but Lord, I pray that thou wilt energize the hearing of all our ears, that we would receive thy truth today for our good and for thy glory. We pray in the all-prevailing, matchless name of our great high priest, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God is so good in his condescending grace to us. He has bestowed upon us the gift of language, words speech in which he communicates with us. Speech, language, words originated with God and he gave us the ability to speak and to hear and to see words that communicate to us. He provides also the vivid pictures in and illustrations of nature all around us. And what may we conclude from God's great gift of language and then giving all of these beautiful pictures and illustrations, but that God himself enjoys revealing himself to us and communicating with us. If we would only listen and respond to him. In the luscious fruit of the Holy Spirit, there are three groups 
of three. Three clusters on the vine. The fruit of the Spirit, three clusters of three each. The first one has to do with God himself. He is the one who loves us. Love, joy, and peace. He loves us and we love him because he first loved us. And he rejoices in us. And we rejoice in him. And he rejoices every time a soul comes to him. And then it is his peace that he gives us in our relationship with him. For he is our peace. Now the second cluster is where we come to today. And it is especially about us in our relationships with other people. And you know what they are. Long-suffering, gentleness, and goodness. We need to show God's goodness to others. We need to be gentle with others. We need to be long-suffering toward others. And then we come to that third and final cluster of these three virtues, and they have to do with ourselves. Our faith, of course, it's given by God. That must, must be exercised. It must be lived by. We walk by faith and not by sight. We must be meek. We must be meek people. We must have this meekness and temperance, self-control. Oh, how difficult it is. Controlling ourselves. So may God help us as we look to this the second cluster of God's fruit, the fruit of the Spirit, the first one of the second cluster, long-suffering. Long-suffering, here is such a good beginning for the new year as we reflect on God's long-suffering to us in 2023. Throughout this year, God has been so long-suffering toward us. And our great need to express long-suffering to others now and throughout the coming year. The Holy Spirit indwells those who are genuinely converted and his presence and power impact our relationship with other people. The Holy Spirit indwells every believer. His presence and power in us impacts the way that we treat other people. If there is no change in the way that we now treat others, then let's honestly ask, do I have the Holy Spirit? It's a legitimate question. Has there been a change in the way that we now treat others? 
Let us honestly ask and answer that question. Does the Holy Spirit really live in me? It is impossible to know the saving love of Christ, to have the joy of our salvation and peace with God without these graces influencing our attitudes, our words, and our actions toward other people. You see what we've already come through? Love, joy, and peace. If we are enjoying the peace of God and peace with God, if we are experiencing the joy of our salvation as we should be, confessing our sin, and if we know the love of God in Christ, it must impact our attitudes, our actions, and our words toward other people. So first of all, what is long-suffering? It is a beautiful word because God gave it so long ago. When God revealed himself to Moses on Mount Sinai, he proclaimed in Exodus 34, verse 6, The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, and abundant in goodness and truth. And yet, that wasn't the first time of God's long-suffering. Because a thousand years before that, we are told the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah. You think about that. God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And God said, I will destroy man whom I have made. Now you think about the long-suffering of God. He's going to wipe out the vast population of the earth. And the patience, the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah for a hundred and twenty years the warning went out as the ark was being constructed what is going on over there what are they building there's an interesting track that was used in the war between the states the name of the track was Noah's Carpenters how many people were hired to work on the ark? What are we doing this for? And yet, only eight people entered the ark. For 120 years, the long-suffering of God waited. How patient God was with unrepenting, rebellious humanity. He did not suddenly cut off all of them, but he waited. And how marvelously long-suffering he has been to us. That original Hebrew term translated long-suffering, as I said, the two words long and nose is actually a snout with the idea of a long, slow snorting 
with a long nose. The heating up process is slower with the reddening of the face. The anger is not so quick. Suffering is a passion or a feeling long in coming rather than sudden like that. Long-suffering. In the New Testament, long-suffering is sometimes given to us in the same verse with patience. For example, Colossians 1.11, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power to all patience and long-suffering. Synonyms. And yet they're different. The Greek word for patience chiefly means patiently enduring or persevering through difficult circumstances, problems, or pressures. But the Greek word for long-suffering has to do especially with other people. Our long-suffering, our kind treatment of difficult people. Patience, hupamone, has to do with the way that we endure, persevere through difficult circumstances. But long-suffering is particular in how we deal with difficult people. It's said that Jonathan Edwards was a very difficult person. Job had to be patient with awful circumstances first. And then he had to exercise great long-suffering with his difficult friends. So this is fruit produced by the indwelling Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. It's not natural. <laughs> we didn't come out of the womb with this stuff. Mm -mm. We didn't go around the house exercising it as toddlers. As we grew in childhood, we didn't show long-suffering toward our siblings or our parents or others. It is not natural to us it is not simply being a more laid-back person by nature it's not being a good-natured person no long-suffering is a grace it is the sanctifying work of the holy spirit bringing us more and more into conformity to the image of our lord and savior jesus christ no matter how laid back you may be or how naturally short-fused you may be, you and I, all of us still need the sanctifying work of the Holy Spirit within us to save us from ourselves. As the song says, Oh, to be saved from myself, dear Lord, oh, to be lost in thee, that it may be no more I, dear Lord, but Christ that lives in me. We need to be saved from our naturally sinful selves. 
Now, salvation is not just about external things like being a bank robber or being guilty of multiple murders. Salvation is especially about enabling a person, a Christian, to begin to rule and have dominion over the sins of the tongue and over the sins of the mind, which control our actions. So how does the Holy Spirit produce the grace of long-suffering in us? First of all, he does it by the power of conviction. He makes us to sense the ugliness, the vileness of our corrupt nature so that we become sick of ourselves, of our short temper after we have suddenly blown up and lashed out with evil words. Now, they don't have to be curse words. They don't have to be ugly words, just hot words that are sent by an angry heart and a cutting mouth. We cannot make excuses for our sin, for this is sin. Because Christians are supposed to glorify God in our speech. By careful thought, Rather than just instantly reacting with no regard for the feelings of others. And you know it. When we leave here today, we will either live by the faith of the gospel or we will give free reign to our selfish, sinful flesh. Either or. We cannot glibly pass off our sins of tongue and spirit by saying, I'm an intense person. I may blow up, but I don't hold grudges. I let it all out. It is sin. It is dishonoring to God. It is destructive of others, and it is destructive of any Christian testimony before others and before ourselves. How good it is for us to be ashamed of ourselves. That we sorrow. Not as the world sorrows, but that we sorrow to repentance. You cannot get away with a cutting, reactive tongue by saying, well, I just do it at home or with those that are closest to me that just know how I am. You were sinning against God and you cannot get away with it. Be sure and be certain that your sin will find you out. God says so, and he means exactly what he says. Every one of us need the Holy Spirit's conviction to work in us and on us to bring us to repentance. We must apologize for our thoughtless, self-centered, cutting words. God's will for us is clear. It's given in Paul's prayer for the Colossians. In chapter 1, strengthened with all might, according to his glorious power, unto all patience and longsuffering with joyfulness. We need a fresh view of how longsuffering the Lord has been with us. He has not suddenly dealt with us as we deserve. 
Over and over in the Old Testament, we read that the Lord is gracious, full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. Psalm 145.8. We come into the New Testament and we see Jesus so patient and so long-suffering toward his enemies, speaking truth for years to the scribes, Pharisees, hypocrites. And even as he's bleeding and dying on the cross, he is praying with effectual power for them from the cross. And how do we know? Because Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea came and took his body away, and the thief hanging beside him saw it and believed on him. And... Paul and the great company of the Jewish priests were saved by Christ's long-suffering intercession on that cross. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. We dare not despise or count as nothing Christ's goodness and forbearance and long-suffering because it is the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Romans 2.4 as Peter wrote, that we should account the long-suffering of the Lord is salvation. It is indeed. Oh, how wonderful is God's long-suffering. I think of the decades of my selfish, evil pursuit of sin. I cared nothing about Christ and what he suffered for me, yet he did not destroy me as I so richly deserve. But he patiently brought into my worthless life his grace, and he gradually opened my sin-darkened mind to see how I was foolishly going down the broad road to destruction. How can we possibly have this virtue of long-suffering in our lives? Just notice the order of verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. That long-suffering stems from those first three wonderful divine virtues. Love, joy, and peace. If we are truly enjoying the love of God, if we are living in the joy of our salvation and enjoying real peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, then we must honestly obey the precept to not let the sun go down on our wrath. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 26, we read that, but it is verse 29 of Ephesians chapter 4 that speaks to us so strongly. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you. With all malice and how. And be you kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Meditate on these words. 
Make them your daily heart cry to the Lord. For he has promised that his peace will keep your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. Let us pray together. Oh Lord, we need thee. The fruit of the Spirit makes it so evident how much we need thee. Oh Spirit of God, fill us. Deliver us from ourselves. Deliver us from our sin. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.